It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Field, that one's called to the right. Hunter on the move, racing back. It's over his head. It's gone. It's into the bullpen. This game is tied. This game is tied. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. This is Red Sox beat on CLNS Radio. I think it would be a big statement if John Farrell started Travis Shaw on opening day, and I'd be totally cool with it. Because I think it would, it, it, if that doesn't give Sandoval motivation to, to play better defense and play better, period, nothing will. I think they're going to make Jeter that first unanimous vote, and I hate that about baseball writers. If you belong in the Hall of Fame, you get voted in the Hall of Fame. Achievement or a new milestone. So don't just be like, hey, we, we signed this player, we're going to have a ceremony. No, no. Like... Now, to your hosts. Alright, Red Sox beat here on CLNS Radio. CLNS Radio, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage of the New England sports professional teams, of course. Follow CLNS on social media at CLNS Radio on Twitter. Facebook is just uh, search CLNS fans. Don't forget to download the CLNS Radio free mobile podcast app for iOS and Android. You can simply search CLNS Radio uh, on either store. You're going to find us. You can have all of our content all the podcasts associated with the network right there easy to download to your phone or stream either way of course you can find us on twitter at red Sox underscore beat facebook is red Sox beat podcast uh, of course stitcher itunes everywhere please just share the crap out of the show and help us out as the red Sox are underway here full time ready to go during the season and kind of weak but guys at least it was a full week of baseball it was a full week of baseball i got to go to fenway already um, All's good in Lawrence World. <laughs> and I'm going again tomorrow, so everything's just great in Lawrence World. Um, wow. But no, I mean, you, you know, a little weak, but it could be way worse, and we'll get to it. But the whole Red Sox team has the plague at the moment, so I'm really, <laughs> it's, it's way too early to even think about being concerned. Dude, I'm going on Wednesday for the first time this year, and I'm worried I'm going to get the plague. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go. I don't want to go near family with a ten foot pole right now. Like, yeah, um... I'm kind of concerned. I might just sell my ticket. No, I'm just kidding. I'll go, but I'm scared. <laughs> I've never had the flu though, so I'm not really that scared. But it's this seems pretty bad. So you've never had the flu. This would be the time to get it. At least from the Red Sox. Uh, I, I'll pass. Yeah. I mean, if they want me in their, in their clubhouse, I might have to say no. <laughs> they fumigated it though, so maybe it's okay now. <laughs> uh. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous what's happening with this team, and we we had opening day we talked about on the last show, and then from here you know we've had a game postponed, we've had ups and downs, and a lot to go on. We've had two Chris Sale starts, which is phenomenal, um, looked good in both of them. But we haven't one thing we haven't had this year is a full Jess Thomas recap, Lauren, and I'm excited. This is the first we did a quick one last year, obviously week with 
uh, opening day, and that was it. But I'm going to turn it over to Jess to give us kind of caught up in what's going on with the week. I'll be 100% honest. I was in Jamaica for most of this week, so he's going to get me caught up as well. Um, <laughs> not going to say I hated it, though, because in Jamaica was great. But Jess, break it down for us. Let us know what happened here, um, and let us know how the Red Sox kind of ended up where they where they are. Yeah, well, I'm not going to fault you for being in Jamaica for not watching games. That's that's a, it's like a valid excuse. I did yeah. valid excuse. I'm not going to get too mad about you for that. So we'll catch you up here. Uh, so we'll bypass Monday opening day, five to three victory. Good stuff. Andrew Benintendi Homer, as we mentioned on the last show, nice one and zero start. Tuesday got rained out. It was a terrible day. So uh, wait, just kidding. Tuesday was an off day. It would have gotten rained out if it happened. <laughs> but. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. Thursday was the was the rain out, so Tuesday didn't happen. That was no game. Wasn't any game. Wouldn't have been any game if there was a game. Wednesday was a pretty exciting game, especially for the amount of nothing that happened in the game. It was Chris Sale's first start against the Pirates, and it was Sale against Jameson Tyone, and uh, both pitchers were great. Chris Sale, seven innings, three hits, no runs, one walk, seven Ks. Tyone, seven innings, five hits, no runs, three walks, six Ks. Very similar lines for the two of them. Sale was fantastic. His slider was nasty. And uh, as you heard, neither of them gave up a run. So it was still scoreless in the seventh inning. And it was scoreless a lot longer than that. Game went into extra innings. The Sox bullpen without Tyler Thornburg and Carson Smith show what they were capable of. Matt Barnes had a clean inning. Craig Kimbrell had a clean inning. Heath Hembry had two-thirds of a clean inning. Robbie Scott had a third of a clean inning. And Joe Kelly had two clean innings. Only two hits combined for all those guys. Two strikeouts and no walks. It was excellent. The Pirates had no offense. Unfortunately, the Red Sox didn't have much more offense uh, until the 12th inning when uh, the man himself, the man who keeps on rolling, that man is Sandy Leone. He had a walk-off three-run homer in this game. Crushed it in the monster seats. It was a very exciting second game. Um, Jackie Bradley Jr. and Pablo Sandoval were the guys on base. When he hit the blonde ball, and uh, they both had really good at-bats, so they kind of led up to that to that home run. And uh, Antonio Bastardo got the loss in that game. He gave up the home run. Chad Finn tweeted, Blastardo. It was hilarious. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> oh, yes. man. I think that was the winning tweet of the night. It was one of the only ones I saw, but it was a winning tweet. Um, so, yeah, 3 nothing win. Joe Kelly got the win, uh, made the Sox 2-0. and And uh, up to this point, I mean, this, this trend continued, but up to this point, the Sox had only scored in two innings of the season out of 21 innings, the 9 and then the 12. They scored in the fifth inning of game one and the 12th inning of this game, and they were somehow 2-0. and So it was a really good start. For the pitching, as you can see, considering they scored in two innings and were two and zero. Yeah, I mean it was, it was. I was at that game, and it was such a great game to be at. And it's funny because it the game flew by. Like I, I wish pitchers could pitch like Chris Sale all the time because like he's just in the zone. He's ready. He knows what he wants to throw. And then next thing I know, I'm like, it's still zero zero, and it's like the eighth inning. I was like, where did this game go? Because he's the complete 180 of Clay Buckles. He just he just throws the ball. <laughs> oh, my. He gets, he gets it and goes. And, and, but it was great. Um, and it was such a fun game to be at. Like, I love going to games when it's just it's like a pitcher's duel. And then the offense couldn't really even get anything going, obviously, until the 12th. And um, another fun fact about that game is that the Pirates did not advance the runner past first base all game. How uh, unbelievable is that? So that, that says a lot about the first two games, like how this team was doing. So um, 
it was great to see Chris Sale just go out there and bring everything that we expected him to. It's a shame he couldn't get the win, but um, I think he did everything we expected him to and, and even more. What blows my mind is the fact that Sandy Lewis is still doing it. Like I know. And I, I, and I, I again, I don't believe it's going to be a long-term thing. I know he, he slowed down a little bit in the last year after he had his hot streak. and But right now, you know, he's earned the starting job as much as I love Christian Vasquez. And he's keeping that starting job because it's not the only thing he did big this week. And Jess will get to that. But this guy, in big moments, seems to know what it takes. And look, he's not any David Ortiz by any means. But, you know, for that game, he was the hero. And he's done it before. And he's done it consistently for the most part through last, since last year. I don't know if this can keep up, but obviously I'll take it as long as I can get it. He's just, it's its awesome because it shows you that he's sitting there in the offseason going, well, I had this great season. People probably still don't believe in me because my average dropped a little bit. And he's like, well, I'm the starter, so I'm going to go prove again that I should be the starter and that they're going to have to rip me out of there if they don't want me to start because he just picked up right where he left off through these first two games he was five for eight it's like it's like it was last season all over again and like good for him for not settling and being like hey i'm gonna go out there and still be the starter and be one of the best players in the field and that's that's what he did in 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 that game which is awesome so i love that he didn't that he didn't just settle for for what what he did last year and if that's the mentality he's having to just that's good on him you know we don't know 100 percent, but like if that's the mentality of you know what like last year i understand i did really well but in in the fans' eyes, it might be overachieving. I know it's not. Let me work hard. Let me come back. I might have to prove myself again, but I know I can do it. I'll just have to do what I did again and for, show them that it wasn't a fluke. And he is, show, as of right now anyway, he's showing that, for the most part, he's going to be hopefully consistent for this team. Yeah, and I love that you said he's not going to settle, and he didn't settle. I love, like, I was going to say that you took the words right out of my mouth, because I think that's the perfect way to describe him. Like, he's not going to settle, and that's exactly what i want to see right now yep it is awesome so uh that was two and oh that was yeah that was like a four hour game in 12 innings like it was it was like the eighth inning and it was at like the two hour and like 30 minute mark so quick game quick game fun game you gotta you gotta appreciate uh a good pitching matchup if you're a baseball fan so lauren i'm glad you were excited about the game despite the fact that nobody scored for 11 and a half innings oh i'm so happy <laughs> and yelling and clapping it's like it was just such a and the whole atmosphere of Fenway that day was just great everyone was so happy even I sat next to Pirates fans and even they were pumped to see sale so it was just a wow. wicked cool atmosphere to be in that whole night yep no runs but still exciting most people be like man where are the runs if you want to find the runs <laughs> <laughs> sorry I had to all right. Well, it's what you did pre-show, so it's fine. <laughs> Wait, why, why are we bringing this into it now for? Yeah. Oh, you, brought, you, you, brought, you brought it in, so. Red Sox puke. Red, red puke. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. <laughs> so Thursday, this game that didn't happen and actually didn't happen on, like, Tuesday. That game was postponed. Should have been another off day. Thursday was worse than Tuesday with rain. It was awful. So no game happened. It is being made up on Thursday, 2.05, Pittsburgh Pirates back again. So that was a two-game series at the moment, 2 nothing Red Sox. Then they went to Detroit, and uh, this wasn't so good. But there were some good games, so let's jump in. So Friday was um, another pretty good matchup. Uh, it was Stephen Wright against Michael Fulmer. Michael Fulmer, reigning 
AL Rookie of the Year, Stephen Wright, reigning all-star, if you will. And uh, Wright had a little bit of a rough start. He gave up several base runners in the first. Only gave up one run, and that was a miracle because that inning literally could have been, like, eight runs. It could have gotten real ugly, and he limited the damage. He got under control as quick as he could because he was not under control for for most of the inning, and he got it together, and he somehow got out of it. I'll just quickly run over the inning for you. Uh, Ian Kinsler had a single. Nicholas Castellanos walked first and second, no outs. Cabrera fouled out. Kinsler went to third. Victor Martinez had a sack fly. That ended up being the only run, but Justin Upton walked after that. Tyler Collins struck out, and uh, that ended the inning. So, like, he squirted around uh, several walks, sack fly, hit. So it was... It was lucky to get it with that limited damage. And it turned out great because he didn't go up another run until the sixth inning. Unfortunately, the Red Sox didn't score any runs throughout that time, further continuing this whole thing that we've been talking about where they can't score. Well, this game got real interesting because it was 4 nothing. Uh, Victor Martinez got an RBI single in the sixth. James McCann blasted a three-run homer to left, two-run homer to left field. Uh, 374 feet. That made a 4 nothing in the bottom of the 7th inning. Wasn't looking too good at this point, guys. But then, the top of the 8th inning happened. And magic. So much magic. Chris Young got an RBI double. Jackie Bradley Jr. got an RBI single. And Pablo Sandoval, of all people. He had that week. But, but this, <laughs> this, this at-bat was, was something this week. He hit a high outside pitch to the opposite field. Cranked a three-round homer. All of a sudden, it was 5-4. to four. Once again, one inning scoring that's it that's the only inning they scored in and it took a 5-4 lead unfortunately the bullpen plopped out in this game and decided to lay an egg because just a half inning later Mikey Mato hit an RBI sing- double to tie the game and Joe Kelly walked Jacoby Jones with the bases loaded to give that awful one run lead in the bottom of the eighth inning which makes you hopeless you're like man down one run with just three outs left when you could have just gotten one out and it would have been tied very frustrating, but it was an ugly, ugly, ugly inning. It was walk city. It was awful. So Heath Hembry started it. He struck out the first two guys in the eighth inning. So there were two outs with nobody on base. And then he walked Richard Martinez. He walked Justin Upton. Robbie Scott came in. Mikey Mata hit the RBI double. And then Joe Kelly came in. He walked James McCann. And then he walked Jacoby Jones for the lead. So four walks in the inning for, for the pitchers combined. Which was unfortunate, because then it was 6-5, to five. the Sox had one more opportunity, and go figure. They almost made another comeback with one out, Pedroia got in a single, then two outs on a Benintendi flyout, and then Mitch Moreland hit a double, and it was second and third with two outs. All he had to get was one hit. He would have had a lead, and Chris Young popped out to first to end it. So this game was wild. One, one inning scoring all the runs, five runs in the eighth. Stephen Wright settled down, bullpen blew it, almost won it again. This game was all over the place. Yeah, and this this is oh. the game. This is the game that they were talking about with the bullpen and why wouldn't you just put Kimberl in? You know, you don't have to start with them, but you get two outs, you get into a, um kind of a stuff stuff situation. Mind you, I know I didn't watch this game, but kind of reading everything and hearing everything about this game, it makes perfect sense to why you would put Kimberl in. And instead, you decide to go to Joe Kelly, who at that situation just is, in my opinion isn't the right guy when you do have a closer like Kimbrough in there. I know he's not strong in four safe, in four out safe situations, but and I know it's early in the year, but at that point, that's a big win if you get that. And at this point, he's rested. At that point, there's no way to not put him in for a four out save. 
yeah, I mean, I I was kind of surprised they didn't go with Kimbrough. Like you said, I know he's not the strongest in four out save situations, but I feel like in a situation like this where you, you had the comeback, you have that momentum, you're kind of going to build off that. Why wouldn't you put him in? Um, I mean, that whole game, my blood pressure was all over the place, like up and down and pulling my hair out, screaming at the radio, screaming at the TV, like every which way that I watched this and listened to this game. It was just, it was such a good game. And like Jeff said, all they needed was one hit and they just, they couldn't muster it. And it was so frustrating. And I, I don't, I don't want to question Farrell so early in the season. We all know I love Farrell. I'm a huge John Farrell guy. But to not go to Kimbrell when, like you said, Jared, you know he's rested and you know he's okay. And it 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 didn't make a lot of sense to me. And I know he's Kimbrell's already given us a run for our money in in some games, but I just feel like in that situation you gotta go to your closer. Well, it's hard. I mean, it's hard in multiple ways. First, it's hard because, obviously, we talked about that we don't have our whole arsenal of late-inning relievers. So he's just having to pick and choose this guy here, this guy there. Like, we thought Joe Kelly's going to be eighth-inning guy, and then he wasn't really because he didn't pitch in the eighth-inning of the first game, and then he didn't pitch, he didn't start the eighth-inning in this game. So it's, like, not sure, like, who's doing what role. I guess what ended up happening, I think Kelly got sick in this game and was, like, sick afterwards so like i don't know how that affected his performance but in terms of bringing in kimbrell i i don't know if i like that either because his downfall is that he's wild and the whole name of that inning was wild because there were four walks (laughs) what's to say kimbrell wouldn't have walked the run in too like i don't i don't know if anything was going to work in that inning it's just everybody was wild and it didn't work and matt barnes wasn't there because he was on bereavement leave so that's another problem with pitchers being out robbie ross is also on uh, on the dl with the flu so like it not just the bats at this point it was the pitching too where they were missing a couple guys so between already missing guys and then missing guys currently it's kind of like, I don't know, you were kind of screwed no matter what was going to happen. And yeah. I, think, I, think Sorry, another thing, I think another thing is, you know, the half the team is battling that flu. And, I mean, you don't know, like you said, like you said, Jess, it's a hard call either way. But, I mean, you don't know if, um, you know, how anyone was feeling, if they didn't feel like maybe they felt flu symptoms beforehand, or maybe they just kind of felt like blah from just being around all that and, I don't know if either of you have had the flu before, but nope. I have, and it's it's awful. I don't think I've had it to the extent of half these players who have it because it just sounds like it's borderline the plague. Um, so you just think, even like yes, Kimbrel was rested, but maybe he wasn't feeling well. Maybe there's something behind Farrell's logic. It, it it is hard to tell. Like I said, I don't want to question him so early in the season, but if I was in his position in that game, I would have put Kimbrel in, no doubt. No, I haven't seen anything, obviously, because I've been I've been untapped for a few days. Like, has has there been any explanation on Farrell? Did anyone even ask him why they didn't go to Kimbrel? I didn't see after that game if he was asked about that, so I'm not sure. But it's okay. it's hard to blame for anything when he doesn't have like half of his team. It's just <laughs> it's hard for me to to find any blame with that. And it's I agree like... for most of that, and I agree for most decisions. But in that situation, if you did have Kimbrel, um. You still have the option to go to Kimbrel, and at that point, right now, your only really defined role is Kimbrel. The only really successful, consistent pitcher, for the most part, you have right now is Kimbrel. So if you have a chance for four outs, 
with Kimbrell to get a win at this point. You do it because everything else in the bullpen, in my opinion, isn't consistent enough to trust in that situation. Well, and something that goes to your point also is that Kimbrell didn't pitch in the 12 inning game. Nope. He obviously didn't pitch the next day because there was no game. So like he hasn't he hadn't pitched in a couple of days either. So he hadn't pitched since Monday. So that kind of strengthens the argument of pitching him if he was able to. If, if I mean there was no word that he was sick. Who who the heck knows at this point? But <laughs> so I both sides both sides have an argument. So interesting. But it sucked because they just scored five runs in a game they had no business winning and just had to get a couple of outs and couldn't do it. So, it's a shame. So, that's the first loss of the season. That was 2-1, and because um, that was only the third game. So, let's move on to for, uh, Saturday. This game was not so good. This was an Eduardo Rodriguez special up against, <laughs> up against Jordan Zimmerman. And uh, Zimmerman got the best of this matchup. Uh, Zimmerman actually got pushed back from an earlier start because he had the flu. I don't know if it's related to the Red Sox flu, but... Uh, he pitched six innings, four hits, one run. He was good. Erod, five innings, five hits, four runs, three walks, five Ks, two homers. Not so good. This game was strange because he was not giving up hits. He had given up a hit through three innings, and then all of a sudden, after he given up two home runs, he had still only given up two hits, but they were just both home runs, and that was into the into the fifth inning. But after that, he fell apart. He gave up. Um, two more runs in the fifth inning after those. Jose Iglesias got him big in this game. He had a home run and an RBI double in the third and the fifth. So he gave up the four runs. Uh, didn't look very sharp. Didn't throw a whole lot of strikes. Um, just didn't look very good overall. The bullpen of Ben Taylor, who was on the team, and this first week was his major league debut. And then Noe Ramirez also pitched no-hit baseball as well. So the bullpen came in, it was good, but once again, no offense for the team. Jackie Bradley Jr. had the only run with the sack fly in the second. So once again, for the fourth straight game, one run for the Red Sox score. So that was four innings that they scored in four games, which is absolutely nuts. But, like we said over and over again, they don't have half their team. So you can't really blame them, but they didn't look good because they just wasn't weren't scoring Enough. I mean, they were looking good in those four innings, but other those four innings, there wasn't much going on. Yeah. No, and what what made me really frustrated the most about this game is that Erod didn't look confident at all. Like, he didn't look confident in himself. He didn't. I didn't just. I feel like you know you watch Chris Sale pitch, you you watch Rick Porcello pitch, and they just radiate this kind of confidence. I didn't see that in Erod, and it just it didn't really give me the best feeling because we already kind of had doubts about him going into the season stemming from last year and then obviously the knee injury again in uh, spring training, kept him out of the World Baseball Classic, this and that. And he comes out, his first start, and obviously we're hoping he does well and just kind of like you said, just kind of fell apart. And it's, I mean, his numbers aren't that, weren't that good for his first game. And I think confidence obviously plays a huge factor in being a good player. And I didn't see any of that come from him. And I mentioned the fact that he wasn't throwing strikes. He threw 80 pitches, 41 strikes. So if you, can do ma- if you can do math, that's 41 strikes and 39 balls. That's awful. That's so bad. <laughs> yeah, and now, I mean, we, we expected Erod to not be great. Like, we don't, I, I mean, personally, I know I've talked about it. Like, I, I expect him to do okay. He's done better. He was doing better in spring. But obviously, we don't. we can't take spring too full into account because it's spring training. 
Um, but now, you know, you have Pomerantz coming off the DL to pitch his first start and all these guys are moving parts. Erod needs to perform or he's going to be the next one off the rotation and move the next one onto the island. Like, this position is going to be a rotating door if these guys can't stay consistent. And I know it was his first start of the season, but when he was doing so well come springtime, I, I don't think either of us expected him to be that bad. No. It's always, it's always hard to know with him. It's, you know, he's good now. He's not, he's not good. He has a good spring, then he's bad. Then he has a good three months, and then he's bad. And then he then he throws a no-hitter almost, and then he gives up eight runs. It's like, who knows with this guy? He's all over the place. It's hard to have any confidence in him. Sure is. And then, of course, this start just kind of confirmed that we shouldn't have confidence in him right now, and he needs to get the team and you know, the fans on his side because we're going to be quick to turn on him with the fact that we're already don't have, we already don't have a lot of confidence in him. So he needs to get us on his side and he's got to do it quick. Like I understand it's your first start. I'm not going to make big judgments, jump to conclusions or anything, but he's already on thin ice and to come out and not have a solid start. Isn't a good sign at all. Especially when you know you need to have a good start because you know that your offense is struggling because you don't have any of your players. Even more reason to pitch well. And I mean, this, this game was Erod in a nutshell: three hitless innings, and then he gets up four runs by the end of the fifth inning. It's like which which guy are you going to get? Even in the same in the same game you're talking about. It's yeah, maddening. <laughs> it it's is maddening. maddening. And, yeah, and, it's maddening. So and it makes let's... me worried that like it's a whole. You know, we talked about before on previous shows about how this can be a mental thing and pitching here it's it's a very you know mental game and I don't want Erod or the pressure or anything like getting inside his own head because it's going to affect how he pitches and I don't want that kind of pitcher on our team it's hard to know if he has the cojones to pitch in Boston we'll see but uh let's move on let's get to Sunday to the actual win in the series um seven to five win on Sunday this was an exciting game. It had a lot of offense. They actually scored. And they, wow, they scored in four innings. So enough of this one inning crap. That's over. So this was a good game. Um, this matchup was uh, Rick Porcello against Daniel Norris. Um, Rick Porcello was not sharp, but as he is so capable of doing and did all last year, even though he didn't have his stuff at, at top notch, he still went six innings. He still struck out eight guys. And although he gave up 11 hits, he only gave up four runs, three earned, and only one walk. So even though he really didn't look good at all, he still gave the team what they needed. They gave him enough run support and ended up getting a win. So that was really encouraging uh, from him, from the team and from, just for him to be able to do when he's not on his game. Um, a lot of offense in this game. Justin Upton, RBI single in the first, made it one nothing. Stocks tied with Marco Hernandez, sing, RBI single in the second. And then the Tigers got the lead right back in the bottom of the second. Ian Kinsler, RBI single, 2-1. to one. And then in the top of the third, Mitch Moreland tied it up with an RBI double. So that was 2-2. Two to two. Uh, And then back up for the Tigers, Kinsler, an RBI single, 3-2. to two. Ben Attendee tied it in the seventh with an RBI single, 3-3. Three to three. And Nick Castellanos ruined that right afterwards with the home run in the bottom of the seventh to make it 4-3. to three. And then all the magic happened in the top of the eighth. Uh, Brock Holt walked on a horrendous a bat but for the, from the pitcher. Um, he got walked on five pitches. That tied the game at four. And then Sandy Leon, two RBI single, made it six to four. Sandoval ground a double play to get an extra run, seven to four. The Tigers would get one back in the bottom of the ninth, an RBI single off of Craig Kimbrell, our best friend. Um, but that was it. Seven to five win. The uh, Sox actually got two less hits than the Tigers, but they got them when it mattered. Sandy Leon, two more hits, two more RBI. 
Its batting average was four thirty eight after this game. So this was this was a fun one because it had a lot more offense. Um, pitching wasn't as good, but didn't score in just one inning. Got some timely hits, and uh, and Matt Barnes looked really good between Porcello and Kimbrell. So this was an encouraging game on all uh, accounts in my mind. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and can we just talk about Andrew Benintendi puking in between innings? But because Savage. the rest of the team, the rest of the team was already sick, and he's like, "No, we don't. We already have too many people gone. I can't take myself out." And I think I don't know if uh, Jared. I know you didn't watch the game, but Jess, I don't know if you ever caught the camera on Mookie Betts. From time to time, he just looked absolutely miserable. He looked tired. He didn't look like he wanted to be there. Um, and I think that just kind of says so much about how bad this flu bug that's going around is. And the fact that Benintendi can just go back to the clubhouse, puke real quick, come back out, get a couple RBI or whatever. Like, it's nothing. Just, didn't, he, just... didn't he puke? Wasn't that Saturday that he puked? Oh, I thought it was yesterday. I, I think it was because that was the same day that Dave O'Brien left the middle oh. of the game, which I meant to mention, which was Saturday. Yeah. Yes, because so, he left yeah. the fourth. Yeah. So didn't didn't, didn't Tom Karen right? didn't Tom Karen call the game from like the Nesson booth? Like in Watertown? Yep. That's the last, talent. For the last half of the game. Yeah. All of a sudden it was just boom, there's Tom Karen. <laughs> yeah, but Brian left with the flu. So that was that game. Well, Brian left with the flu. Ben Attendee was puking in the sixth inning and played the whole rest of the game and then played in this game too that we're talking about. So thanks for bringing that up. I meant to mention that from uh from from Saturday because that just continued the, flu, the continuance of flu. So, but the weirdest thing with this flu is that it's different variations. There was the actual flu, which Hanley Ramirez and Robbie Ross had, where they where Ross ended up on the DL and Hanley was nowhere to be found. Then there was flu-like symptoms. That's what Holt had. That's what Betts had. That's what you know everybody else who had it had. Uh, and then there was an upper respiratory infection as well, in addition to that. So there's three different things going around. And then Tyler Thornburg got the flu today when he was supposed to get his shoulder checked so oh it's just insane yeah it's awful it, it just it's like you said it's different variations it's so weird i think as of right now if i had to make my own judgments i'd say hanley ramirez has it the worst because he's been out the longest with it and, yeah, him and across, it, definitely sometimes you just can't shake it sometimes it just doesn't go away and then sometimes you have it for 24 hours um and sometimes you just have the symptoms it's it's ridiculous what it can do and the toll it's already taken on this team um, and even Dave O'Brien. So, but it was good to see him back the next day. I'm glad that didn't take too much of a toll on him. But yeah, this game was a great win, a much needed win for the team. Um, it was nice to see some offense in more than one inning. And it's just, it's nice to see Sandy Leon perform. I mean, I don't think we ever expected him to do this well. And I know it's still early in the season. I know he could, you know, fall off or he could just kind of come back down to earth. But right now I'm just enjoying every minute of watching him behind the plate. I'm watching him, love watching him throw people out at second, just hit home runs, just do everything he can for this team. I just, I'm loving every minute of him. One thing that I think kind of comes along with the flu is I can't say starting in Fenway is the reason for it, but like, you know, this team is in Florida uh, and most of these people are in warm climate places after for the most off season anyway because they live in the southern states. A lot some of them from Dominican and so on and so forth. But you know, coming to a cold city that quickly and then playing and working out and expanding all this energy doesn't help by any means. It's true. 
No, that makes perfect sense. They're in this big warm place, and although opening day was warm, it did snow two days before that, so <laughs> <laughs> you can't forget about that. So that's something to keep in mind. Let's wrap this up uh, with today's game. Sox were looking to even the series uh, and and uh, get to a, back to a four and two mark. It was a marquee pitching matchup. Chris Sale, Justin Verlander, all you could ask for, and they gave you everything you could ask for. Chris Sale pitched seven and two-thirds innings, five hits, two runs, one walk, ten strikeouts. Justin Verlander, seven innings, three hits, one run, no earned, two walks, four Ks. Uh, neither of them got the win. Verlander got no decision. Sale got the loss because he just stayed in one extra batter and gave up a little little RBI. His ERA is at 1.23 through two games, and he's 0-1. He must feel like he's back in Chicago because that's what he did there. So hopefully the offense changes around for him. But this game was just another case of scoring in one inning and not getting any offense. This one's a little more reasonable. It was against Verlander. He's a really good pitcher. And still no Hanley, still no Bogarts. Bogarts was supposed to be back, but his flight got canceled back from Aruba. So that kind of screwed the Red Sox over there. Another day of Marco Hernandez. Um, But yeah, Sox got one run in the second inning on a uh, double play by a ball ball by hold and made it one nothing but kinsler got a home run in the six off sale he was really good up to that point that was the first run and like i said castellano's got an rbi single squeaked by uh, through the left side to make it two to one and unfortunately it was the eighth inning just like on saturday uh, saturday so it was just not enough time for the Sox to come back they couldn't get a run in the ninth off off k-rod so Really tough loss. Sucked to see Sale get the loss in this game because he pitched so well. He's literally almost been flawless in these two games. Really fun to watch. Um, but another loss, unfortunately. So three and three now. Lost three out of four in the series. But hard to hard, hard to judge and blame too much because players just still aren't there. Yeah, but it was you know great to see Sale just kind of continue his dominance from his first start. And I mean it's great pitching matchup with Verlander and, and Sale and you know Verlander just the Tigers are a good team and obviously Verlander is a very good pitcher he's up for the Cy Young last year and we all know how that went but it, it, he's yeah I asked Kate Upton yeah it's a shame that Sale got the loss but you know he's it's I don't think he's going to be this kind of pitcher who's going to be you know like David Price where he gets all these strikeouts and yeah I did, I did, unfortunately. But like his record record won't reflect like or his ERA won't reflect the record or vice versa, you know. I think it's 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 one loss and it wasn't a bad loss by any means. It was he pitched extremely well and like I said, I I was very happy to see that and it's I mean, it's like I said, we didn't have a lot of our players still and we got screwed with Bogarts and there's, you know, the people who are in that lineup who did have the flu are still recovering from it. So they're they're probably not a hundred percent, and you know, it's it's just something that they have to get over. And I'm glad it's now and not in September, or October when they're in the playoffs. Yeah, and this game was advertised, and it was it kind of held up to its advertising of you know the, the pitching matchup, right? It was one nothing for a long time. And Sale Verlander was everything as, as expected. And look, we, we're going to see a lot more of this from Chris Sale this year, this whole summer. It's going to be close games. If the Red Sox can score, they're going to win a lot of his games because they're going to. He's going to hold a lot of teams to one run, two runs. That's who he is. A lot of people don't watch a lot of his games because he was in Chicago and a bad team who didn't get a lot of national exposure. 
if you didn't know who Chris Sale was, if you're a casual baseball fan, you're going to learn really why everyone was okay with giving up so many prospects to get this guy. Because he's consistent, he's reliable, he's a bulldog, and he's going to get it done. Dude, this guy is a stud. My God. Like you said, you didn't see a whole lot of him in Chicago. You just saw him when you played him. And it's not like you're going to go look up his highlights because he's not on our team that we watch, not on our TV and everything. But holy crap, this guy's good. He is so nasty. He's confident. He's, you know, I was, you know, almost on the radio today, and it's just like five innings in. I'm like, yeah, Chris still doesn't give up a run. Far for the course. The guy's unbelievable. He's such a good pitcher. He doesn't give a crap about anything. He just goes out there and pitches. He doesn't whine. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't tweet his emotions. He doesn't, he doesn't do tweet anything. his emotions. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't turn a little crybaby. We're not referencing anybody here, guys. Yeah, we are. <laughs> David we're Price. Obviously, we're obviously referencing David Price, and it's just like seeing him come in here with all this hype and all the success in the past, and come in here and just be absolutely. Filthy in these two games. Oh, it's just a sight to see. Dude is a it savage is, on the mound. He doesn't care about anything. It is, and like you guys said, he doesn't care about anything. When he walked out last last Wednesday, and he was just wearing his jersey, and I'm sitting there, I've got a thermal on, I've got like two hoodies, my Red Sox jacket, I've got gloves on, and he's just in his jersey, like no Under Armour underneath, no nothing underneath, and I'm like, this guy is a savage. I was like, this and guy he pitched is like a boss. I was like, how are you not? cold i'm sitting there like shivering i can see my breath and he's just like yeah whatever and i'm like <laughs> i love this guy i'm so happy he's on our team and obviously just seeing what he could do just further proved why i love having him on this team but i'm like my god like that's the kind of attitude we need on this team yeah it's it's exciting you know you don't know until they pitch and it's like you can go off what you see in chicago and stuff but like you want to buy into the hype like i wanted to be excited but i wanted to wait until i saw him two games in i am sold this guy's nasty man can't say enough about it so that is your wrap up for this week uh three and three week uh pitching mvp definitely chris sale um porcello didn't have quite his stuff but he got the job done kept the team in the game um but, yeah, Sale, obviously, the pitching MVP. Offensive MVP, I got a couple guys here. San Julian had the best average, and obviously hit the walk-off home run and the go-ahead RBI. RBI, so he definitely gets MVP for the week. But one guy I want to mention that we haven't talked about yet this show, and I want to give him a big shout-out, is Mitch Moreland, because this guy started his Red Sox career 0 for 12. He had a really bad first couple of games, and then the last four games, he was two for five, two for four, one for two, and three for four. He had five doubles in that time. He had an RBI, a couple walks, four runs. He had a great last four games and was super reliable. And everyone was already crapping after, after crapping on him after about two games. Like, oh, this guy sucks. Why did we get this guy? Blah blah blah. And then he said, you know what? F you. I'm gonna go out there and play really well in these four games. So I want to give a shout out to him. I'm giving MVP to Sandy this week, but I'm very impressed with how Mitch Moreland bounced back from that. See, I'm giving MVP to Chris Sale. Like, I don't want to separate it. Like, that dude was a boss this week, and he deserves every recollection he can get. Um, not even watch the games. games. Not even watch the games. games. Oh, Sandy won two games. You gotta, you can't look past that. No, I'm with, I'm with Sandy on that one. Uh, Of course you are. It's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm home. I'm from, I'm home from the island when I'm on the minority in the show. Um, no, the, the, the reason why, honestly, the reason why I think Chris Sale is, yeah, yeah, he didn't win you a game wasn't his fault. Um, no, it wasn't. That dude did everything he possibly could to win this lineup who wasn't scoring a crap at all. 
and still almost won those games and still deserved to win those games. So that's why I give it to him. Obviously, Sandy had those big games, and so I understand why you're giving it to him. But my point is, is just he just dominated everybody he faced this week in Chris Sale. Sandy one, Sale two, Moreland three. <laughs> <laughs> that's my order. As long as Moreland's three, I'm cool. Uh, can, we, can we give him some credit? Can you guys talk about him? At least you, Lauren, who saw games. Listen, I didn't even see him play. I know his crap performance before. I, my mindset is his crap performance before I left. You cut out. Like, who who'd you want me to talk about? Oh, Moreland. Just oh. getting all those hits, the turnaround he had. Yeah, no, I, I was before Jared said it was a Chris Sale for MVP. I was going to say Moreland's definitely been underrated, not just, you know, I think since spring training, even though he won the gold glove and he's, you know, a good, he's a good player. And I think he's really stepped up and, I think he's very deserving of your MVP, Jess, and I think makes it just been really underrated because so much has, else has happened on this team between, you know, Sandy Leon, the flu, Chris Sale, essentially. It's like there's so much else going around on this team that he's kind of getting overlooked, and I don't think people really think of him as, you know, a quote-unquote, like, game hero or whatever you want to call him, but without a doubt like I've been keeping my eye on him really impressed with what I've seen so far and I I like this guy like I'm just it's just proving to really I that it's proving that it's been a good signing so far and he was put in a good place I mean with all the with everybody being out bats and Ramirez and Bogarts and everybody he was slotted in the fourth slot in almost every game this week and he he did some damage with it so they they placed him in there and he said all right I'm gonna go prove to you why I should be there which is awesome yeah, Sandy Leone. Um, we'll see if he stays consistent. I'm not saying I hate it by any means. I'm not trying to be a super pessimist about it, as I usually am. I love it. I'm considering their catching situations a mess anyway. <laughs> I'll take whoever's playing well at the time. Can't really complain. Um, Sandy Leone and all of Jess's recap was was brought to you by SeatGeek Ticketing App, the smartest and easiest way to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. Get a $20 rebate on your first purchase by downloading the free SeatGeek app to your phone. Go to the settings tab and click add a promo code and enter the promo code Garden Report. Uh, again, that's Garden Report, all one word, for a $20 rebate. And so SeatGeek knows who sent you, of course, that's us here at Sealance Radio and Red Sox Beat. Um, a lot going on this week. Just, guys, uh, we talked about the flu a little bit. We talked about the plague. Um, just overall, guys, real quick, I kind of understand it, but just what are your overall thoughts on the week? Um, I know they're they're at 500, but it doesn't really feel like that's where their direction of the season is going. No, I mean, I think, you know, it's early. We have people who are sick, uh, people who are out for personal reasons. So it's it could be a much worse start, like I said, at the beginning of the show. But overall, I'm liking what I see. I love what I see from Chris Sale, obviously from Sandy Leon, and really just the team as a whole. Of course, I'd like to see Kimbrell stop raising my blood pressure in the eighth and ninth inning. I'm only 27 years old. I don't need that kind of stuff on me right now. And I think <laughs> maybe some more better in-game decisions from Farrell, like using Kelly in different positions. Um, but overall, I really am liking what I see. I just want to see a little more offense, and I want to see Chris Sale get his win. And hopefully next Monday when we're talking again, He's gonna have. He's gonna be one and zero with like a point three ERA. <laughs> well, it would be one and one because he's zero and one right now. But oh, one and one. That's what I meant. <laughs> good try. Good try. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm encouraged. I mean, obviously, you got the two wins to start the week with very minimal offense. And that was 
you know, a little bit lucky because when you score in two innings in two games, you probably shouldn't win both those games, but they did. So uh, that was good. And yeah, just not having those lineup guys. I mean, Betts only hit a hundred. Is only hitting a hundred right now. He's only played a couple of games. He hasn't looked good. He was six. So like, you know, it's 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 definitely hard to judge the offense at this point. Uh, Moreland and uh, Sandy and Pedroia really. I mean, they led the way. And you get you can't look past Pedroia. The guy played every game. He didn't get sick. He had one hit or two in every game. So he just went out there and did his thing, did his captain-like work, and uh, kind of rolled through the week. So got to give him a little, a little love, too. But, yeah, the offense, hard to judge so far. The starting, pretty good. A little shaky with some. Hence, Erod, like we talked about earlier. Um, we'll get the first look at Pomerantz tomorrow. Um, which I'm very interested in because he was my player to watch for. So that'll be interesting to see. And then the bullpen, you know, it's patchwork too. So it's like, I'm not going to judge anything. It's a three and three week. They went 500. There were some struggles. There were some good points, but I'm not going to make rash judgments on anything at this point with the lack of players we've had. Yeah. And I think that overall, obviously I didn't get to watch most of the week, but I think this, the, the trend here, the stories that I've seen is a lot has been the bullpen again, hard to judge with people out injuries, illness, coming back, whatever it may be. I think this bullpen, bereavement leaves, everything under the sun that could have gone wrong with this team probably happened this week for the most part um, in terms of different reasons why teams players were out. But still, I think the bullpen could potentially be an issue long-term this year. I think that's the biggest issue I have because even when Carson Smith and Thornburg do come back, you don't know what's going to be of them. So right now, that's my biggest concern coming in. But then again, like I said, three and three week, um, not a big deal, especially seeing that they had basically every issue under the sun possible. Now they'll start to get guys back. The flume hopefully gets out of the locker room and everyone stops dying in the Red Sox family. Yeah, it'll help to get everybody back and everyone on the same page. Jackie Bradley Jr. is on the DL as well. He had an knee injury. Could have been a lot worse. People thought the worst for a second and he ended up running off the field, but it's still sore, so he's he's in the way back. But he also played really well before he got hurt for the last couple of games. He made a lot of nice catches and got some hits, so... He was he was another solid member of the team you don't want to forget about. So yeah. that's good to see him help out. But then he gets hurt too. So it's like like you said, everything that could have gone wrong did, and it was yeah. still a 500 week. So yeah. So one guy that um, obviously a big player that's potentially on this team this year, Jackie Bradley, is going on the DL. Um, everything that I saw, it looked like he hyperextended his knee. Who knows what it really was? But this being said, obviously a big hit. Knowing other people coming back from the flu, you have other guys coming back. He's a big part of this offense and, and defense. Um, I know he's not as consistent as we'd like uh, at the plate, but he is a big reason why this team is successful. And so him being out for any period of time, especially on the DL, is tough, especially with the, way, the type of injury that he has. Yeah, I mean, I, you never like hearing anything knee injury related. Um, the knee is a huge part. We've seen, obviously, Erod, Benintendi last year in – it could have been a lot worse. I'm glad it's just a ligament sprain. Um, I'm glad to see he was walking, running, and he said he feels better. So I don't think it's really anything to be concerned about. It sucks he's not in the lineup, but, you know, like I've said kind of throughout the show, I'm glad it's happening now and not when we're in a playoff push or even October when we're when we're in the playoffs. Um, it's it, But it is concerning to see. Cause just because it's a knee injury to one of our better players. But at the end of the day, I'm not losing sleep over it. Yeah, I mean, I think that mostly you just got to look at the fact that a 
huge bullet was dodged because when he went down after rounding the base, he went down in a heap. And we were like, oh, ACL, like something really bad. Um, but he just kind of like skidded in the dirt and like kind of like did a little something weird to his leg. And it was it ended up being a sprained ligament. So, but like we said, he went off the field. He was walking around the clubhouse. So, just a sprained ligament. They're hoping it's just the ten days of the new ten day DL. So. Should be okay, and I'd say for what it was and what it looked like, we're lucky that it's not bad because it shouldn't be that bad. Yeah, and and I, it looked probably worse than it actually is, but um, overall, I think that 15 days not a terrible thing. <laughs> um, long season, as the rest the rest of the team is out with the flu and everything. I think that this is might be the worst situation because the knee is obviously tricky, but. Um, it seems like he's he's not going to be out terribly long, if not past that DL stint at all. Um, one guy we have we've talked about subtly earlier because we were crapping on him um, was David Price, and he did throw twenty pitches off of a mound today. Um, he could throw again Wednesday. It's a good sign, seeing you know he's he's kind of slowly working his way back um, after not having Tommy John. Guys, I'm still in the boat if I just want him to have the surgery if at all possible. Like. It seems to me that they're trying to push this off and just let him pitch this year because he probably wants they probably want him to like redeem himself from last year and get his image back. But if this turns into a lingering thing, now the Red Sox are in a really crap situation because now they've pushed it off and it makes even more into next year if the surgery does happen. But I mean, good signs that he's throwing again. It only knows how, really to tell as if how much discomfort he's really in. You don't really know that yet. So yeah, when I read today that he had thrown off the the, through a bullpen session, I was like, wow, that's a long seven to ten days that we were originally told. And here we are, um, you know, months later, and he's just beginning to throw. And it's definitely encouraging that he feels good, but in 20 pitches isn't a whole lot. But, Jared, I'm kind of with you. Like, I, the more that he doesn't throw or the, the longer that it takes for him to throw, it makes me think maybe he should just have the surgery, whether it's Tommy John or whether it's just you know, elbow surgery. For, just cleaning the elbow whatever. out, like it. It just it makes you wonder, but I understand you know redeeming himself, keep his image, but I don't know. If it's, I, that's why I'm on the fence. Like, do do we want him to pitch this year if he's injured and risk having everyone just absolutely hate on him, and then we're going to be here sitting here every week like we did with Haley Ramirez when. He started playing in the outfield, and he was awful. Going to turn into the David Price Red Sox beat show, just us absolutely crapping all over him each and every week. Or do we want him, you know, to get that surgery, be out for the year, so he's out of sight, out of mind, and come back healthier next season, where we can praise him every week? Uh, it's, it's a thin line to to draw, and it's kind of hard to pick a side right now. Um. But I guess it's just kind of a wait-and-see thing where if he pitches Wednesday and we get an update after that, we'll see how he does. And I don't think we're going to see this guy till May, maybe even early June. But I'll just I'll be happy if he can come back and just be healthy and pitch well. That's all I want him to do is just pitch well. You guys want to both pitch in? I think, I think Carson Smith's back before David Price. Ooh, that's pushing it. I think he is too. Honestly, I think that I really have one thought in this situation, and my thought is that if he does come back, he better be a hundred percent freaking healthy. Because if he if he comes back and he's and he's questionable, his arms sore, blah 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 blah. Like you said, Lauren, 
it's going to be endless crap laid on this guy. And if he's not pitching well and the excuse every time is, oh, I'm sore or whatever, then everyone's going to be like, well, I need to get the surgery, blah, blah, blah. So he better be completely healthy. And that, he's, he's not going to come back until like late May or June if everything goes right. If he has a setback, forget it. He has to go through all these throwing mounds, throwing this, throwing that, rehab this, rehab that minor league starts four or five minor league starts this guy's not gonna be back for a while because then what so, if he what if he does this all of this does like me and Jess are talking about is back i think there's gonna be some sort of setbacks on this and then lingers all the way through the year and then decides next year to have the surgery and wasted an entire summer going off and on not pitching well and then waste all of 2018 having this surgery so i think they should have just had him better be healthy yeah, yeah, that's he, all he, like, yeah i'm 100 with you he better be healthy he better be ready to go or you talk about screwing to a baseball player, it's going to get even worse. Yeah, you're just wasting all the season, and everyone's just going to hate him more if this happens. So they really should have either just had the surgery or he better be healthy. That's all. That's it. That simple. <laughs> it's that uh, simple. <laughs> it really it is. is. In this case, it is. No gray area. <laughs> no, there's none. And he needs... I swear, if he comes back and he doesn't have a good first outing and he takes to Twitter... I am going to find him. I'm going to take his phone and I'm going to smash it. And I'm going to deactivate his Twitter. I'm going to stay off social media. Social media ruins everything. And it's obviously ruining, ruining Price's mental game too. So he just needs to back off. He needs to focus on himself. He needs to focus on getting healthy. And he needs to focus on pitching well. Because we talked about Erod being on thin ice. Price is on the thinnest ice of this team. And he can only, and he's really only the one guy you could think of who like is on the ice for not even pitching because of his past. Exactly, and if he ha- if he comes out and he has a bad start, okay, whatever. If he comes out and has consecutive bad starts, he's never going to hear the end of it, and we may see him cry in a post game interview. Has there ever been a more has there ever been a more scrutinized guy who has as good of career numbers as this guy? Has? <laughs> it's unbelievable. Maybe Sergio Garcia in golf, like. <laughs> Until yesterday when he won the Masters, but other than that, like not, I, it's a really bad the numbers that he puts up and he still gets scrutinized. And look, I'm one to blame. I'm one to do it. He criticizes himself. He whines. He complains and says things like that just that piss you off as a Red Sox fan, and it's really annoying. And I'm, I'm done with it. Yep, I hope he shuts up, gets healthy, pitches, pitches well, or it's all gonna go downhill. It already is going downhill. I was gonna say it's already going. Downhill. <laughs> Sealness Radio is the best of written, spoken, and watched Boston sports coverage for the best of audiovisual. Turn to CLNS Radio's YouTube channel. Of course, that's youtube.com backslash CLNS Radio. You get high-definition locker room interviews, full-length locker room interviews, The Garden Report, which is an HD post-game show shot on the parquet floor at TD Garden. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel as we're getting bigger, we're getting better, and adding multiple sports to that channel, of course. So, don't forget and, to check and, that out. And, 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 and. Every single Red Sox news feed is on the YouTube channel. How exciting is that? That's a very exciting. Another reason to subscribe to the YouTube channel because you're going to get all the, news, all the Red Sox news feeds uh, before and after post games, everything, all, all that whole conversion to audio coverage. It's all part of the YouTube channel, so go check it out as well. Plus, the Celtics are on the way to the postseason, and who better to have you covered than CLNS Radio? So, so much uh, excitement. Might be the one seed, those those Boston Celtics. So, oh <laughs> which is ridiculous. So, go uh, definitely go check out the YouTube channel. Um, a couple MLB notes, real quick, before we get out of here. Um, well, Will Myers just here for the cycle. Like, just just typed this into the show notes as we're recording. Um, 
Kind of cool considering he's an up-and-coming player. I love Will Myers. I hope he does great things. He's kind of stuck in San Diego at the moment. But um, I do like the player, and I think that's good for him to get that cycle. I love when players hit for the cycle because it's so rare. And it's just it's something so cool that happens because it doesn't happen off. It's kind of like a no-hitter. It you know It's fun to watch, and it's fun. I love when it's all hyped up. Like I got the alert while we were recording, too, that he hit the cycle, and... He did it in the eighth inning, so it was probably his last at bat. Second Padres player to ever do that. So it just it's cool all around. And like I said, I love the hype around it. Sometimes I'll get alerts where it's like, This person is hitting for the cycle. Watch now on the ESPN app or watch now on MLB Network. It's it it just kinda gives the game a little more like oomph to it where it's like, Oh yeah, like I wanna see if this guy's gonna hit a triple or if he's gonna hit a home run, what's he gonna do? So it's definitely I love it. I love when this kind of stuff happens. Yeah, the cycle's a lot rarer than a no-hitter at this point. I mean, a no-hitter used to be like, wow, a no-hitter, but so many have happened now that I think the cycle's definitely more rare. So I'm with you. It's very exciting. He got a triple to uh, complete his cycle in the eighth inning, so he did it in the last possible chance and the most exciting way with ending with the triple. That's the hardest thing to get. So good for Will Myers. He's he's over there rotting away in San Diego with Don Arcello, so at least they have something to be excited about. <laughs> um, oh, Don Arcello. Man, I miss him. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to break it. You, you, you really had to. T- you touched my heartstrings on that one. You're tugging hard, yeah. Jess. You're tugging hard. Um, other news: uh, Gary Sanchez was placed on the 10 day deal with a bicep strain. I'm sure he'll come out of it. Not a big deal. Just quick thoughts on that, guys. It sucks for the Yankees, but great Good for, for us. us. <laughs> yeah, anything that sucks for the Yankees is awesome. So, <laughs> co injuries. That's terrible. It's, it's, but... it's, not, it's not a serious injury. It's it's a bicep strain. He'll be fine. It's not like he's having Tommy John surgery or ACL surgery. He, he's going to be okay. So, Oh, Gary. <laughs> Gary Sanchez. Um, oh, Gary. One thing I didn't know, and I'm surprised I didn't know this, but today is the 28 years ago today, Ken Griffey Jr. hit his first home run. How great is that? Great for you. I know you love him. That's just, uh, I'm, I, Lauren, I think you just put that in for me. That was phenomenal. I um, did. I did. I, just, <laughs> I saw it this morning, and I was like, Jared's going to love this, and I, I – I just had to do it. I did it for you. Anything for you. But oh, I, I, wow. that's good to know. I'm gonna keep that's on record too. This is recorded. That's great. So romantic. I'll use that against <laughs> you later. Um, one other thing I quickly wanted to add, which is cool, because I'm scrolling through Twitter at the moment. The Cubs played. You know how David Ross is on Dancing with the Stars. Uh-huh. They played his dance over the jumbotron before the Cubs. <laughs> that's awesome. Isn't oh, that sweet? Because they couldn't be at the because they raised the banner tonight and they couldn't be there to raise the. And it was so, delayed an so hour classy. And a half. Yeah, so right. during the delay, they played his dance for Dancing with the Stars at Wrigley Field. How sweet is that? That's amazing. I love everything about him. I love everything about the Cubs. And it just obviously, a problem. I'm sure it made it more enjoyable. I I was at work when the game was on, turned it on. It was pouring rain. By the time I'm getting ready to leave work, it's like, game has resumed. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, you want to watch the Cubs and you can't. As soon as you leave, it comes back. I had my Leicester jersey on. I wish I was related to David Ross. I love that guy. <laughs> I was, dude, if like, David Ross is like my grandfather. My oh my god, that'd be great. Well, I, I was gonna say grandfather too, but like he's way too young to be our grandparents. So That's be true. our uncles. I'll, yeah. I'll take an uncle Rossi. I don't care. That'd yeah. be great. Um, I love it. One other thing that was cool, and I just saw this, and I wanted to make sure I kind of brought it up. The Braves are opening a new ballpark, SunTrust Ballpark. If I'm correct, there. Um, they're opening up Friday, and they have had a beer specifically made for them made out of old Mizuno baseball bats. 
Like that is what they used to age the beer. It's an IPA. It's supposed to be lighter because people who sit in the ballpark don't like. I read a little bit of it, basically saying like they wanted a lighter IPA because it's hard to drink like a super heavy beer in the sun, which makes sense. No one wants to do that. But I thought it was really cool because they basically made it out of Mizuno baseball bats. That is really cool. I uh, I'm gonna have to read up on that. But I saw it on CBS. If you want to read the article, I'm I'm gonna have to do that. I'm not a fan of IPAs, so I understand why people don't want to drink them in the sun, in the snow, in the rain. That's all. (laughs) I don't. I'm not. I don't like IPAs. Not really my thing. But that's 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 pretty cool. I like that fun fact. That's pretty out there, and I don't know anything about beer, so I'm not going to say anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, as a big IPA fan myself, um, I-, I thought it was cool only because like they-, they tried to make it lighter, and that's something that I would probably drink. I don't drink IPAs during a baseball game. It's too hot sitting in the sun, especially in the bleachers at Fenway with the sun t- toasting down on you. No, thank you. Um, but it's a cool alternative, especially with the new ballpark opening up. they got to do something to get the fans over there because the Braves are not that good. This podcast will be available uh, for on-demand listening by searching for the CLNS Radio Red Sox Beat Podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, as well as the CLNS Radio mobile podcast app. You can follow CLNS on social media at CLNS Radio on Twitter. You can like us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com backslash CLNS fans. Of course, we're on Twitter at Red Sox underscore Beat. Facebook is Red Sox Beat Podcast. Um, of course, today's show is brought to you by our good friend at ZipRecruiter as well. Start using ZipRecruiter for free. Now by going to ZipRecruiter.com backslash sportsfan, also Audible. If you go to Audible.com backslash try now, and you get a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial. Um, Red Sox are in full swing. Obviously not the week we wanted, especially with the play going around the clubhouse apparently, including Dave O'Brien. Um, hopefully this week brings better luck. Lauren will be at the game tomorrow, so they'll probably lose that one. Um, but other than that, hey. <laughs> for Jess Thomas and Lauren Campbell, this is Red Sox Beat on CLNS Radio. We'll be back next week. Until then... Enjoy the baseball.